count. Oh, okay. Um, one, two, three. Okay. That worked better, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Okay. Um, I want to, I want to do a musical number. Okay. And so I wrote lyrics where yeah, I took the song, um, guys and dolls, but I replaced it about cats and dogs. Oh, nice. And then you said, no, let's just talk about dogs this week. So I just threw that in the blender. And you we're can just gonna, still do it. We're going to do a cold open. So, hey, it's Opinions of Cheap with Cameron and Chad. And we like dogs. We do. Apparently, I ruined everything. That's Chad. It he is. He likes dogs more than cats now. This he is not true. his mind. He's fickle. How was your week, Chad? Um, It's been kind of weird. Uh, I, I, I went to a, an Excel course. I think I've talked about this before where... I was kind of getting some sass from higher-ups, like, oh, you don't really take advantage of all the things we offer and don't show a lot of enthusiasm, and you should do that more. And I was like, well, there's an Excel course that we can take for free at uh, the local technical college. So I signed up to do that, and it was, I don't want to say largely a waste of time, but, you know, I knew a lot already going on. I used that program enough, and the stuff I learned probably won't use very often. But we're driving there. And there's a you know, van full of people, and they're all talking about this and that and work. And, oh, man, I heard you run 10 miles because you exercise. And I'm sitting in the back thinking about um, tentacle porn for some reason. And how, like, in reality, you wouldn't want a squid anywhere near your genitals because that's going to end in blood. And I don't know why how that can translate to sexy if it's drawn out or, like, animated and then I was like, man, I'm glad no one in this car can read my mind because there would be lots of judgment. But then that one ginger guy is just like staring at you and you have to wonder. Yeah, and it reminded me, like, I've seen those like uh, those those meme pictures where like the girl's just like, I bet he's thinking about another woman. And the guy's just like, oh man, what am I going to do in World of Warcraft or whatever? And then so my version was, uh, man, I bet women wouldn't actually stick squids up their cooches. And that's that's where I was for about ten minutes today. So you, normal week. Did you learn about pivot tables? Yeah, we did. I like pivot tables. Pivot tables are lot. pretty nifty. Um, I kind of, I wish people were a little more familiar with some of those things. So I get why they have those classes because a lot of people just they don't even know stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went to a pivot table like lesson, and uh. It was and so all these tables how... were turning because they pivot. Yeah, and that's that's all you have to know. <laughs> but the the people in the room, these are my coworkers, and they're asking these questions like, "Do when you did that, did you right click on the menu button or did you left click on the menu button?" And you, sh- the the guy's face, sure, but he couldn't he could not tell if it was a joke or not decided to assume it's not a joke and just give an answer. And like the third time this guy asked, did you use the left? It was that a left click did to do that. Did was, or is this a right click? Like, it's like he didn't know how a mouse works. And it's like, it's concerning that these people are making executive level decisions. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, there was, there wasn't, like, anything that extreme there, but there was definitely some, some people, you know, who 
don't quite have that fundamental level with the program, and, and so we're, you know, asking questions that I was like, really, you're in the advanced class, and you're, you're still asking these, but um, the teacher handled it really well, and it was, uh, it is, you know, it was fine. I started, you know, the, here's the examples and, and all that, and I'd get bored, and I'd start changing the names, so instead of whatever spreadsheet we were working with about selling animals, it was about selling drugs, and, you know, I'd, like, chart, name the chart, like, buckets of cocaine and all this other dumb shit, because you gotta keep yourself amused somehow. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking through my phone. I don't have any pictures of tentacles. That's good. I don't but either. I'm, I'm finding, like, an alarming amount of pictures of pandas, and I have that whole, like, Zootopia abortion comic in here. <laughs> I saw a really good piece of uh, of of cartoon tentacle porn once, where it was a person like um she had like a grimoire and she was like casting a spell and then the tentacles were coming out of the the grimoire and then you know all all up and around her, and I thought like that was a fun use of it because it's not like uh it's not like a, a squid or or something it's like no this is a sex monster that like a necromancer is summoning for the specific purpose of masturbating and there's like a story to that. Like, that stuck with me, because I was like, man, that could be, like, if you're writing an erotic piece of fiction, like, that could be a character in that. Yeah. It was clever. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of like uh, that Hearthstone card, um, where'd it go? Power Word Tentacle. Where it's like a priest, but she's summoning, like, uh, Cthulhu tentacles out of, like, thin air. But see, those ones have spikes on them, so you wouldn't want that anywhere near you. Uh, mm. That's gonna be painful. That's gonna that's gonna cut some holes in some walls. Mm. <laughs> uh, my week was great. Thanks for asking. I was gonna get there. Um. Yeah. Sure. You dog lover. You can't you. disprove it because that's not <laughs> how things work. Um. No. I just I got the that new Warcraft book came out this week. And oh, yeah? I had a I had an audible token or something, so I picked that. And I've been listening to it all week, and it's so it's the the guy reading it does voices really well, and they plays the music and stuff to set the tone and the location. And I think it's actually written well too. It's it's a little better than most of her usual books. Cool. And um, one part made me cry. And there's a. Uh, there's kind of two main plots that are starting to come together, but then there's this B plot about a goblin and a gnome that it turns out they used to be married. And they're like fighting each other while they're also like trying to work together to invent new stuff. And it's like a fun B plot to go to every now and again. Hmm. And it's just genuinely entertaining. So that's been refreshing this week. If you got the opportunity to write a book in, in any universe you're a fan of, well, which one would it, would it be? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I kind of miss the days where they didn't care about the B canon for Star Wars. And you could write books, and if they were good, then the fans would decide that they want them to be canon. Yeah, but there's something kind of special about that. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen anymore. Now everything, like even Zelda. Zelda games used to just be Zelda games. And the autistic-ass fan base, it, like, Which, but is what's the timeline? Make an official timeline! And ever since Nintendo made an official timeline, the series hasn't been the same. 
and it all these references to the other games. One. And it, it's stupid. It is. It's idiotic. There's no characters in Zelda, anyways. Like none of them fucking talk, and all you do is save a princess. Like, and it also like every single time it kind of implies that the efforts in every other Zelda game are completely worthless because guess what? Something bad happened again, and Gan's back, so you can't stop them. I mean, I always viewed Zelda like. Like, that whole thing with Bioshock where it's, like, there's always a girl in a tower. Like, it's basically just fated to always happen, and it's, like, parallel universes or some shit. I, I, I always saw it like, um, a Rapunzel, where there's a there's a princess, and you, and then she gets saved by the end, and it's a story. And you can tell it different ways if you want to, but it's a story. Y- you don't have to treat it like it's part of some sort of grand cinematic universe, and all the games have to tie back in together. Uh, I mean, it's one of the things that made Wind Waker so special is, like, the setting was completely different, and then you find, like, a version of Hyrule, and it's, like, super old, and it's, like, underwater or some shit, I don't remember. Yeah. And, like, that was cool, but it doesn't need to tie in with, like, any of the other games. Like, to me, like, that's a completely different universe of Hyrule, you know, like, this, the the string theory shit or whatever. I don't know. So, anyways, I mean, to answer your question... I almost wouldn't want to write a book for a series because you're held to this weird, obscene level of detail that it has to not conflict with the the IP's global goals, and it has to acknowledge blank, and it has to happen blank. And like with Warcraft, it's kind of fun because the the canon's really loose. Mm-hmm. The lore keeps changing anyways because they keep retconning stuff. It's just the nature of the game. And in this book, sometimes they'll reference like oddly specific details that you know are references to things in the game. Just as like, hey, remember, remember this guy that gave you a quest to go get a book once? We're gonna explain why he did that. And it's a cute wink and nod, but sometimes it's like, I wish you would just tell the story about what's going on. Sure. Without reminding me. And be remember to pre-order Battle for Azeroth this September. They got another expansion coming out. Actually, I'm sorry, August. Oh. Yeah. Still. It's crazy how that game keeps going. It's just, it's been chugging along since, what, 2006? Yeah, and really, that's kind of the interesting, too. Uh, The biggest complaint from the fans that I've heard is that the theme of this next expansion is that the Horde and Alliance are going to fight each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, to me, is the selling point of Warcraft. Yeah, I mean, that was the theme in the first game. And when the MMO started, that was the theme. Yep. That's why there's a PvP system. Yep. So anyways, it it's weird to me that that's the complaint. But this book is doing a really good job to... It, it It's justifying why there's a war. Okay. And there's all these little things where people keep arguing. Uh, well, the Forsaken used to be humans. Why can't they just get along with the humans? The Tauren love nature. Why can't they just say, hey, the Horde's not good. I'm going to help the Alliance save nature. And it's touching on all these dumb headcanon theories and explaining, yeah, they do feel that way. Here's the complicated reality that's keeping them from getting together and so, you know having special happy rainbows. I like that the Warcraft is willing to go to, like, there's, it's not just this black and white morality shit. Like, there is complicated politics at play with all of the factions. I don't know, even the movie tried to kind of sell that, and it got a little messy because there were so many plot threads to it. But, like, it's it's definitely there. Like, this isn't straight Tolkien fantasy where 
the guy in the tower with the eyeball is evil and his ring is evil and we have to destroy it and there's no middle ground. Which is my right. big problem with a lot of fantasy stories. Right, and it's it's really interesting because right now the war chief of the Horde is Sylvanas, who used to be an elf general that was serving the Alliance. And then when she got killed, the Lich King brought her back to life. And out of the sense of duty, um, she decided to help the undead people kind of cope with their new existence and kind of fell into the role of becoming their leader. And over the years, she's become kind of insane, too. And by, like, dumb luck, now she's in charge of the whole horde. It's crazy to not have an orc in charge of the horde. It's weird, right? Because, like, my whole time with that franchise, there's always been a hork, an orc is in charge of the horde. And so it's it's interesting how, like, the whole plot is Anduin realizes the that the undead aren't monsters, and some of them, like, really miss their human relatives that are still alive. Sure. And they've actually reached out to humans before, and it's like their messengers just never come back because they're shot on sight. And so he's he's pushing for peace talks to let the Forsaken back into the Alliance and, like, maybe put an end to this global war thing. And it's putting in the pieces in play where everyone has this opportunity for peace. And when it goes south, this is why they're fighting. So by the end of the book, you're going to be ready mentally for all the messed up stuff that's going to happen in the expansion. Because some seriously messed up stuff happens in the expansion. Right. It sounds like a pretty good book. It, it's, it's a shame that I'm guessing a lot of it hinges on you playing the expansion to get, like, the conclusion or whatever. Like, is it going to... Is this something, like, you could read as a, as I'm someone who doesn't play the game? You know, I'll, I'll let you know when I'm done. Okay. I'm hoping it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. Um, because the... From what I'm told, um, it sounds like the conclusion stuff really is in the game. But I'm, the way this book is written, it's so good. It's hard to picture ending on a stupid cliffhanger. So I imagine they're going to touch on that stuff and wrap it up. I hope so. Um, if it is, I'll, I'll probably finish it before the next week's show. So I'll, I'll probably recommend it for Glad Space next week, depending on how it ends. Okay, cool. I did talk about it a lot today, but... That's okay. We can move on. What, what should we talk about today? Well, I guess we're going to talk about dogs. Big old, big old fluffer nuggets. Fluffer nuggets! Floofer boops and all the dumb shit the internet calls them now. Okay, so, <laughs> you know how I like to write my notes. Yeah. Uh, you hit on a... Yeah, on a strong point here. So, my notes are kind of divided into, like, good things to talk about dogs and bad things to talk about dogs. The only thing I came up for for bad is the term fur babies. Oh, yeah. That that kind of makes me cringe a little. Don't do That's that. That's a... If someone unironically says that word, it just... We're not going to get along. Yeah, just I want the conversation away. to end there. And I get like, and I get like treating your, you know, you treat your pets like family. But there's just something about the 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 word pairing fur baby that creeps me out. So there's like a sadness to it where not everybody can have kids. Um, not everybody wants to have kids. And sometimes you kind of substitute that need for for love and companionship. Oh, sorry, that, that you have a need for love and companionship, and sometimes you get a pet to help you with that. And that's not really sad. 
what's sad is when you've resolved to, hey, I'm, I'm never going to get married, but at least I have my fur baby. And you start spoiling your dog in instead of a human being. Like, there's there's money I've seen spent on dogs that the dogs do not appreciate the money. And right. a homeless person would appreciate it more. Um, I, I have that similar mindset to my cat, but my cat's a douchebag. And yeah. so it's just like, oh, I'm never going to get married. At least I have my cat. Then my cat's like, I'm going to go throw up in your shoe. Mm-hmm. It's like, but, never I mean, mind. Life is you misery. Can, you can have that relationship. It's just as soon as you're openly saying, my fur baby. It's just, it, that's just my favorite thing in the world. It's my cat. That's all that matters. And you're like, it's it's like this state of denial that you push on other people. And it's like, they have to acknowledge that you're valid. Yeah. That's the problem. Um, ah, Let's talk the, about some good things about dogs, though, because dogs, dogs is a good topic. People like dogs. I like dogs. I've never owned a dog, but I enjoy spending time with them, petting them so and calling them the good boys. The single most depressing thing I've seen this week was a bumper sticker that said, uh, proud grandparent to my fur babies. Why, why are you keeping on this topic, man? Because there's something extra sad about someone who expected to be a grandparent, and they have to realize they have to settle that their child decided to not have children, and you've you're you're lonely and failed on a secondary level, where you feel I'm their so sadness glad. and your own. I'm so glad my friend Travis has like a stable family with two daughters because it's the only way my parents are ever going to be like quote unquote grandparents. <laughs> Okay, we can talk about good things. We can talk, let's talk about good things. Let's, like we got some notes. Uh, hit a hit on a good thing about dogs. Let's see where we go with this. Okay, so one of my favorite websites is DoesTheDogDie.com. Mm. And I, I like how you bring it back to something kind of dark. That it's funny that people care more about dogs than people because it's like, oh, somebody got shot. Oh, that mother's or you know orphaning her kids. That that's dramatic. And no, what's gonna happen to that dog? No, I'm not gonna watch this. So, are you going to read the comic, uh, The Weatherman? Um, do you recommend it? I enjoyed the first issue. I should but... probably look at it. Okay, I'm going to spoil a bit of it, though, if you don't mind. Okay. So, the, the the Weatherman, the character in the comics, got a really cute, like, golden retriever. Before that book is done, that dog gets shot in the head and it dies. Mm-hmm. And I was really surprised because I did not expect that to happen, and it's really, really mean. Um... Very effective moment in the comic, but uh, it was, you know, she, he's he's like he's like squeezing her face and calling her a good girl, and then like the gunshot goes off, and then her head is just like part of it's missing from her from her head. Um, and I like how he reacts to it because he's very sad, like like he's being shot at and he's being accused of like a crime he's not sure he committed, and then his whole thing is just like, but my dog, and. I thought it was a good, good piece of storytelling. That's good. I'm glad that you can do that effectively. I think killing off a pet is a lazy writing technique at this point. Yeah, there's because a... Because it's become such a trope. Like, it happens every single time. Um, I think one of my favorite jokes about The Last Guardian was, like, when you're getting the most frustrated with the game, it's like, well, I, I want to get to the end because I'm pretty sure the dog is going to die at the end, so I kind of just want to see that now. <laughs> There was a book I read called um, 
Behind Closed Doors. It's a really, really shitty thriller. And there's a dog that dies in that book, too. Um, is it is it about gay marriage? No, it's about this guy who marries this girl and is, like, super abusive to her. And she can't tell anybody because he's... For reasons. Like, it does. there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make any sense. But he buys her a dog and then and ends up killing the dog to piss her off or whatever. And it's telegraphed really, really far in advance. And so when it happens, you're kind of just like, fucking finally. <laughs> and, then, and then he gives her a shovel and makes her bury the dog, and she doesn't think to hit him over the head with a shovel because she's an idiot. And then she's just like, where well, I buried the dog. You can go back to being mean to me now. My aunt recommended the book. She's like, this is the scariest, most vile book I've ever read. I bet you'll like it. I was like, every character in this book is horribly stupid. I hate this book so much. Uh, okay, you don't think she was maybe trying to subtly hint that she needs help? Um, no. Okay. Okay, here's a... I, I mentioned The Last Guardian. One of my notes here is that there's this weird trend where, like, every single game has a dog sidekick. Hmm. Especially open world games. I don't play open world games, so I guess I don't run into this. Okay, even even Breath of the Wild had it, talking really? about bad Zelda games, yeah. Oh, I probably if never you, mentioned a dog. If you, um, did you get the Twilight Princess Collector's Edition amiibo? No. If you scan that, then Wolf Link shows up, and he, like, helps you fight and collect items and dig up treasure and stuff. That's kind of weird, because Wolf Link is Link trapped in a wolf, and I feel like that's taking advantage of, of like, a sapient thing in a bad situation. Yeah, it's really hot. Like it's it's not. <laughs> it's not like it's not like your dog pal. It's like your your cursed pal who's just like, well, maybe I can make the best of this situation. And you're just like, so do, do I pet you when you when you do a good job, or is that gonna freak you out? How many dogs are in Smash Brothers? Um, duck hunt dogs in Smash Brothers, and that's the only one I can think of that's playable. There's the Nintendog, but I can't think of any other even, like, tertiary Oh, yeah, it's, it's the assist trophy. Um, I would like uh, Wolf Link to be in Smash Bros. as a playable character. I think he would have... You could do an interesting moveset with him and, and Midna on top. Yeah, that would be fun. I Honestly, th there's three Links in this new one, and it's like, what if, what if we add one more, and it was interesting? Yeah, I don't... Like, Young Link and Regular Link play very different from each other, or Toon Link and, and Regular Link. Like, they have the similar moveset, but they definitely feel different. But, like, Toon Link and Young Link are, are basically the same character. I Pretty much. I, I thought that was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here... I just did a quick search for top 15 best dogs in video games of all time. Written by... Chris Jex of Twinfinite. I've never heard of this website before. Probably because they write about best dogs in video games. So we have D-Dog from Metal Gear V. Did you like that game? Didn't play it. That's a good dog. That's a really good dog. Are you familiar with that one at all? D-Dog? Mm, no, I like the name. Oh! Oh, wow, really? So, okay... So there's a mission really early on where in the mission you can find a wolf puppy that was like hurt and it's just a cute little puppy and and 
uh, she's missing her eye, like it's clawed out, and it's the same eye that uh, Snake is missing. And so you bring it back to the base and you train it, and Ocelot like trains it up to be a combat dog, so you can get it a little like vest, and she dresses up just like Snake. That's and you can upgrade cute. it with a knife. And so what's great is that D-Dog will like quietly follow along and it'll bark to alert you if there's enemies nearby, but the, it doesn't trigger enemies. So it's like a radar that you don't have. Oh, nice. But also you can tell her to sick um, enemies and she'll do stealth kills. So what's funny is that you see somebody and you want to take out this guy on the left and send her out to the right. So you target the guy on the right and push the command button. And D-Dog will like... She pulls her head back to the vest and yanks out a combat knife, and she's holding it in her jaws, and then, like, stalks off to go, like, jump on the guy. Nice. And it's just, when you time it just right, and both of you get your knife kill at the same time, it's the best feeling in the world. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, Um. next on the list is K.K. Slider from Animal Crossing. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Um... Okay, uh, next is the Fable 2 dog from Fable 2. Don't know that one. I I don't remember having a dog in that game. No! No, I do. This is stupid. Oh, I hate that game so much. The story is so <laughs> bad. Um, You never played Fable 2? I have not. So at the end, um, <laughs> it's it's weird. Um, uh, There's a bad guy that everyone's trying to stop. And at the end, you get the bad guy, and he's killed, and then you get a wish. And you get to pick that wish, and it actually affects the, the world. So, the wishes you can choose from are to, like, you can you can ask to bring back everyone that the bad guy murdered. Or, you can ask for a whole bunch of gold, so that you you can just buy everything in the world if you want. Or you can ask for everyone that's precious to you to come back to life. So, what what's funny is, if you pick the people that are precious to you, that includes your sister, who was murdered when she was like a child, and you were a child, and your dog, and that's it. Hmm. And it's like, Compared to, like, bringing back all the victims of, like, imagine if Darth Vader killed everybody, and after Darth Vader dies, Luke was like, yeah, but, you know, I wish uh, Padme was here. I mean, you know, if you you get yourself a wish, I feel like you can be selfish with it. it. Yeah, but do you want to wish back, like, two people? Or... I, I, I... the problem with bringing weird. back a dog is it's not going to like extend its lifespan at all, and so you're only going <laughs> to yeah, get like a... five to ten years out of it, and it's going to die. Yeah, and then it's so it's just it's funny that they give you the sidekick dog, and then for no reason it just sort of jumps in front of a bullet and dies at one point, and it's like, well, that's a bummer. And it's like, do you want your dog back? You can sacrifice the whole world and have your dog back. Um, next is Dog Meat from Far Cry. So it's probably going to be a whole list of games I just don't play. Also, Odd Sock from Little Big Planet 3. I played a Little Big Planet game. I don't remember there being a dog in it. Did you play Little Big Planet 3? No, I played the one on the Vita. That's why. Oh. Um, Pompadour. 
Pompidou. Pompidou. From yes. Life is Strange. Oh, I never I never played that. I, in- no. <laughs> I installed it and I never sat down to actually play it. I watched a video of someone playing the first bit and him making fun of all the really shitty writing in it. And I was like, I'll never need to play this game. It looks terrible. Uh, Dinkity from Mad Max. I never played that one. No. Um, Amaterasu from Okami. I know, at least know of that game. I always consider that more of like a wolf than a dog. Oh, you never played it? No. It's pretty fun. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'd like to get around to someday if I remember what I have that I can play it on. Uh, Wii U. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it, it also, they put in like the motion control thing so you can paint with the Wiimote. Oh, neat. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, Chop from... What is this? This is a Grand Theft Auto game, but it doesn't say which one. Chop's a good name for a dog. Um, Lesser and Greater Dog from Undertale. Nope. What What is up with this list? This is a really stupid list. Parapper the Rapper from Parapper the Rapper. That's a lazy answer, but I, I guess I expected it. It counts, I guess. Um, Sif the Great Grey Wolf from Dark Souls 2. So, one of the things that tries to kill you? Yeah. That's dumb. Duck Hunt Dog. Duck Hunt Dog's fucking annoying. Growlithe from Pokemon. That one's okay. I, That's I'm number two that on the list. That's not okay. It, it is. Okay. It's like That should be like way higher up on the list. It sounds like the Metal Gear Solid Dog should be number one. Um, guess what number one is? I don't know. Rush from Mega Man 3. That's a shitty answer, too. Like, Rush is fine, but he's not number one. If you if you be a warlock in World of Warcraft, you get a hellhound. Yeah. Hellhounds are cool. They don't really look like dogs. They're pretty fucking gross looking. But man, they're useful as hell. And they're they're What's cool your favorite and... dog Pokemon? Just yeah, there's a lot of dog Pokemon that could have been in place over Growlithe. I like Houndoom. Houndoom is pretty rad. And the legendary dogs are all cool. Yeah. I always try to catch all of them. It's a pain in the ass because they move around. You're like, come on, you fuckfaces. Why you do this to me? I didn't think of some other dogs in video games. But I don't... I don't play that many video games. This is why I'd um, use the Warcraft one. The World of Warcraft example. I'm gonna look up the best dogs in video games and pick a different website. There you go, you could do that. Here's Paste Magazine. Ooh, I bet they do some copying. Oh yeah, so they've got um Fuck you Steam for updating. Missile the Pomeranian from Ghost Trick. Don't know that one. Leica from Leica. Don't know that one. Wolf Link from The Legend of Zelda Twilight's Princess. I don't think that one counts. A dog's life. Jake. There's a game called um, The Dog's Life. Gravity Dog. Gravity Dog sounds cool. I don't know what it's called. Toby from The Testament of Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Um, Amaterasu from Okami. Rush from Mega Man. Fuck that dog getting so high on the list. Those people with me- and their Mega Mans. Dog Meat from Fallout. 
Phantom from Geist. There's a dog in Geist? And the Pomeranian from Tokyo Jungle. Huh. Yeah, this is a... I should write five of these articles for We the Nerdy right now. No, you shouldn't. You you shouldn't do anything with We the Nerdy. <laughs> Fuck that place. I actually I owe him a game review and I haven't started the game yet, so I'm probably gonna. <laughs> I'll, mm. I'll get on it. I Eventually. said I'd do it. What about um, what about dogs? Okay, let's talk. Let's fuck video game dogs. There's nothing but messiness there. What what are some non-video game dogs that are pretty cool? Well, you want to talk about movie dogs? Yeah, we talk about movie dogs. Um, what's your opinion on talking dogs? It depends on the movie. Okay. Like, you know, like, I'm fine with it. Like, like freaking Doug and Up? Awesome. He's a oh. great dog. Yeah, that was fun. That was like a science fiction talking. I, I mean, like, uh, when when dogs can talk, but the humans can't hear them because it's a dog language. Oh. Like in Marmaduke. Marmaduke in every or, bad kids movie. um, Pets. Yeah, Secret Life of Pets. Yeah, that was, that was fine. Yeah, I think that's a fun concept. I, I like to imagine that dogs are talking when I'm not. Yeah, I, I like to think that too. And it's probably nothing... Well, for dogs, it's probably all good stuff. For cats, it's all bad stuff. Cats are douches. I don't know. Some cats are. Um... Yeah, so like, what, what, what's what, what's a, a dog you like in a movie? I'd be like, I, I throw a dog, Doug's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I I just went to Google image search and I typed in where corgi. Oh, this is like this is sad. Okay, I have to I have to join you on this <laughs> on this little journey of yours. Okay, there's some weird shit. It's weird, like immediately. Fuck. <laughs> like, I'm seeing some kind of weird cosplay looking thing. Is it that, like, Halloween-looking picture? Yeah, what the shit? And there's some really weird furry stuff, because of course there is. Yeah. I feel like that should have been the name of this goddamn podcast. What, weird furry shit? Yeah, it comes up a lot. Yeah, you know, we should uh, we should have known that would happen when we chose an animal topic, though. Yeah, I mean, it comes up when we don't choose animal topics, so. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, you're right. Um. So, what what do you think would happen if we were to elect a dog for president? Um, I mean, does Congress stay the same? Yeah. I I think it just we the the, the country would just kind of be on hold for four years. I mean, a dog can't make laws; it can like bark at paper, but. You can't really interpret it one way or the other. That'd be kind of fun. I mean, I'm not, I'm not above it. I think you know, it's not like things can get worse. I think Lewis Black had a really funny bit uh, a long while ago that the president we need is Ronald Reagan. Like we should just get his casket and prop it up at a podium, and it would scare the terrorists away because we we just elected a dead man for president, and it's like you don't want to mess with the crazy country. <laughs> And it's like, it couldn't really be worse. And I feel like with the dog thing, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if if, uh, if we elected a corgi president, 
and then like Kim Jong Un wants to come and pet the dog, and they have a nice time, and then he decides, you know, hey, you know what? Let's all just settle down. I mean, dogs are very therapeutic. They really are. Would, um, how many dogs do you have? I don't have any dogs. Why did you pick this topic? You picked the topic! That's right, because I love my dog. Her name is Ellie, and she just turned one. We threw a little birthday party for her. I put pictures on Twitter. And she got a muffin and a new toy and a new bully stick. But she, you just know you know Ellie. She played with the bag, and she's a little basset hound with big ears. Aww. Um, and she's just oh, she's always getting into trouble. <laughs> I feel like I've bitched about my neighbor's dog a few times because it hates me. <sighs> yeah, that's a good response to that. Um, I'm sorry, I had a long day. That's why I'm drinking coffee. Okay, that sounds good. It's good coffee. Um. Oh. 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 What do you think about pit bulls? Um, I don't. I've never really met a pit bull. Uh huh. I've seen cute pictures of pit bulls, and I've seen scary pictures of pit bulls. Uh huh. And I'm guessing it's one of those like if you're a responsible pit bull owner, they're just like any other dog. They're just kind of big. But if you're a shitty dog owner, then you know they they they're harder to control. They're kind of bred to to fight. So, it's not just that. I think, I think there's this weird misconception about the problem with pit bulls. Their jaw strength is like stronger than it should be. Their jaws are pretty fucking weird. They're big. Where like they can they can not mean to bite down and they'll snap another dog's neck. Um, just like purely by accident, because they don't realize their strength. Well, so, yeah, they're, I mean, they, they said they're, they're bred to do a certain thing, just like, oh, there's, like, all these fucked up little dogs that were, like, first bred to, like, kill rats in, in holes, and then now they're bred to be even smaller so they can fit in purses, and they're yeah, just disgusting. Yeah, and they all have these, like, chronic inbred diseases. Yeah, and it's just like, man, we need to stop fucking breeding shitty dogs. My aunt has two, uh, uh, Shih Tzus, and they're yeah. fucking disgusting. Yeah. I hate them, their, their jaws are all fucked up and weird and one of them's got like leg problems so it's got to be on like baby medicine because his back hurts or whatever and she's like look at my little doggies and it's like i don't want to <laughs> i hideous. i want a chihuahua they're so cute oh, i don't fuck chihuahuas there's another little rat ass piece of shit i love chihuahuas you need like a, a medium to big is like where i want dogs unless it's a corgi corgis are great Ah, uh, you know what? Yeah, corgis are pretty great. You know, you know, who's a good dog, cartoon dog is Ayn from Cowboy Bebop. Ayn was a really cool dog. Smart, it barked, it was cute. Nothing bad happened to it. Yeah, that was actually kind of refreshing. Bad shit happened to everybody else in that show. But that dog got off all right. Yeah, pretty much. In fact, I think in anime, that's like the one place where the trope isn't to um to kill off the dog. I feel like the dog ends up being the comic relief and like the savior half the time. Yeah. This dog just bite this guy. Yes it does. Or no it doesn't. Yes yeah, look at oh, your are so cute. It's just chewing on that dude's hand. Yeah look at his little bucked fangs. It's so demonic looking. 
It's the best. Look at them. My dad, uh, they had uh, when he was younger had a Chihuahua. He said that thing was was just like the most evil little fucker ever. Like it, it could only be around one person at a time. If there was two people, it would freak out and try to bite both of them. And so it was just like, okay, the Chihuahua's in the room. Only one person can go in that room, or those air it's gonna just flip its shit. I, I believe they didn't have it for very long because it was an asshole. That's kind of funny. And it's like, yeah, it's a funny story, but it's not a dog I want to live with. It just seems like a lot of work. Yeah, I, I get that. I don't need a dog with more mental problems than I have, you know? I want... There we go. Schedule that. I'm trying to share this Chihuahua thing on the Facebook page. You know there who's a go. cool dog? Is the dog alien from Alien 3. Oh, yeah. If we're going to talk about Warcraft, we got to talk about Alien. Um, and I Curly. Yes. The great thing um, about that dog is that that was the first one that showed that, like, if the aliens face hug some weird stuff, it turned into different aliens. So that started that thing. So when people shit on Alien 3, it's like, hey, Alien 3 did cool stuff with, with Xenomorph lore. You gotta shut the fuck up. Also, yeah, that's that actually movie really had a cool important. color palette. Also, the, um, the, the wolf puppy from the, the thing. Oh, yeah. That was cool, too. Proud about that one. That's a good use of dog violence, where it's, like, validated. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, equally violent to everyone. Yeah. There's some pretty fucking gnarly dogs in, like, Resident Okay, okay. Dogs you have to fight in, in, like, horror games. Because I remember fighting some in, like, Resident Evil, and those are things were really annoying and kind of spooky. And then, like, fighting them in Ninja Gaiden, and they had knives in their goddamn mouths. They're hard to fight. What's your opinion on fighting dogs in games? Because they're usually annoying. Yeah, they're usually annoying. I think one of my favorite examples of fighting a dog in a game is uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance Lightning Turbo. Did you ever play that one? No, my brother said it's great, and I have to play it at some point. That's right. We we talked about. I think that was our on our like boss fights episode or something, right? Yeah. Uh, the first boss is a robot dog, and he has like a chainsaw on a whip tail. Oh, jeez. He's it's really cool. Like you should see the cutscene where he shows up for the first time because it's kind of this neat introduction, and you blow him up at the end. Um, but what's cool is that you, you basically, you take that and then you just reprogram it and it's your buddy for the rest of the game. Hmm. And it's completely unexplained. Like there's no like plot point where we have to fix this. It's just like you move on and then level two starts and then the wolf is there and he's like, and I will assist you riding beep beep. <laughs> he's like, why'd you reprogram the dog like that? Doctor. He's like, I thought you needed companion. Ooh. <laughs> I like that level Mission of like, cartoon charge. shit, where it's like we don't care what's going on, but you get a cool dog to fight beside you now. That's the that's the whole, that's why I love that game, dude. It feels like one of those kind of cartoon things where they don't justify their actions; they just have fun with it. That's what entertainment is supposed to be. Yeah, that's largely what I want, especially for something like that where you're basically over the top violence is is the game. Yeah, and it's not like they the actually, Last of Us they... are trying to tell a, sto- a big, deep, moving story about you know loss and suffering and and the apocalypse. And the nature of humanity. Yeah. No, they put in DLC where you play as the robot dog, too. Oh, cool. And it's like, oh, wow, this is just everything I want, man. I remember fighting um, a bunch of dogs in Dark Souls 3 in the uh, expansion. Or, mm-hmm. like, wolves. And I was playing around with a new spell I'd got. It was like a flamethrower. 
and they all like circled around me and I just spun around in a circle holding down the flamethrower and just draining my mana and I killed like all of them before they killed me and so I had mm-hmm. this like circle of dead wolves and I have like <laughs> one health and no mana and I was like I did it and then I moved forward a little bit and this giant fucking wolf shows up out of nowhere and just like eats me I was like oh that's Dark Souls It's, yeah, that's Dark Souls. Yeah. I got a guy at work playing it, and he, I, he's like, I'm finally playing Dark Souls 3, my first Dark Souls game. And I was like, oh, how do you like it? He's like, it's not that bad. Like, I'm co-oping everything, and I ran into this dude, and he gave me, like, 12 million souls from, like, level 200. And I'm about to hit the catacombs, which is, like, the second place you go. Well, that's your that's your first experience in the game. And I was game. like, so, so you're not playing Dark Souls. It. Yeah. What in the world? That's stupid. <laughs> but whatever. And then he's like, I heard the new Doom, that last Doom game wasn't very good. I was like, no, it was great. He's like, I played the multiplayer and didn't like it. And I was like, did you play a single player? He's like, no. Like, this, I, is, this is a problem, dude. Did that game have multiplayer? That, that was, it did, but it, it you know, it was like tacked on. You know, it's one of those, well, we I need don't even multiplayer remember, for people. dude. Wow. It wasn't good. Wow. Wow. It was really poorly balanced. It was one of those, like, the longer you play, the better upgrades you get, and so when you're new, everybody's better than you, and they can kill you really fast because they can like turn into demons or whatever. And I was like, "Oh, this is fun." Me being level one against all these level like fifty people. <sighs> what a day. Um, I one might say that I'm dog tired. Oh, there you go. You saved it. I saved it. Save the whole show. We don't have to scrap this episode now. Yay! Uh, should there be a dog in Overwatch? You know, I wouldn't put it past him. I guess I'm not... a cat character? There's not a cat character. Yeah. There's a diva with a anime skin. No, look up Overwatch cat character. It's one of their scrap designs. Oh, really? Okay. Overwatch cat character. So at one point, they had a character that was a talking cat with a jetpack. And it was basically like Rocket Raccoon or something. Oh, man. Did they have any, like, full body shots of this? Because all I'm seeing is, like, a cat with a different hairstyles, and I can't tell if it's... I, I mean, there's, like, there's random concept art. I don't think they ever got to, like, a, a finalized design. They just... I think they decided that the small size wouldn't work. No, that'd be a pain in the ass. So they, they ended up just not doing it. And they they said that in an interview, which means now everyone's just going to keep asking for this character and keep drawing fan art. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really, like, furrified pictures of, of the Overwatch cast. Really? Well, not a lot, but there's definitely some. I have not seen that. I feel like I've seen everything. So I'm always a little surprised when I don't. The Zip Zoom Cat Overwatch. Know your meme. It's basically <laughs> a cat, but it's Tracer. It's actually a pretty cute drawing. And then here's one of uh, Judy Hopps' Tracer. Alright. So we've hit that level of the internet. Oh, I saw a really funny picture of Zootopia the other day. Uh, what was it? Oh, it was um, it was Judy and Nick, and they teamed up with RoboCop. And the implication was that they were kind of traumatized by the violence in an R-rated movie. 
Well, that's kind of and a funny idea. It was kind of a funny idea, but it made me think about the way the internet is, where, like, I've seen some interesting animations where there's, like, quality behind it. Somebody could just make that movie. Yeah. I wish, I I wish stuff like that didn't take so damn long to do. Uh, yeah. I saw this one person's animating that scene where they go to the nudist colony, but they're it's being redone where they're all, like, human characters. Yeah, I think you showed, showed me some concept to that, and it's just kind of like, but why? Way too much effort's being put into this. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not that tantalizing to really call it good porn, and it's not that funny to call it a good joke. It's like, all this effort being put into something that's just, eh. If I had artistic talent, I would, I think I've mentioned this before, but, like, take DC books I don't like and just, like, redo them so it's the My Little Pony cast. <laughs> but keep the dialogue the same. I think uh, that would oh, be funny. Did Did you ever read that Warcraft comic, that most recent one? No. With, I, with the awful artwork in it? I have not. There's so many bad faces in it, I can't uh, get over it. Uh, um... So, how? what's your opinion on hot dogs? Hot dogs are fine. I usually... All right. Yeah, I, I, I eat them. I like uh, like the premium beef ones. I'm not going to go buy like Oscar Mayer shit, because that's like powdered meat product in a tube. Yeah. But like, uh, we, we got like a... I don't know, Wisconsin ones around here that are from local farmers, and it's halfway decent wheat, and... You're paying like a buck fifty a dog, kind of, but the, the it's good, and they're big, and I like to cut them up and mix them in with like vegetables and stuff. Yeah, like as like hot peppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, sauerkraut. No. You ever make nacho dogs? No, but uh, sounds good. Other than no sauerkraut, it is. I love nacho dogs. Um, I also like just just mustard. That'll get me by. I like mustard. Like, bare minimum, a little bit of mustard, I feel okay. Yeah. That's a good hot dog. A spicy mustard on a hot dog is good. Yeah, spicy preferred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I think I've asked this before, but I never got an answer. In like, if you go to England and go to their McDonald's, do they have the same, like, terrible yellow mustard that we have? I don't know. Because that's, apparently yellow mustard is kind of an American thing. Really? And in other countries, they have mustard that's made from mustard seeds and has flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I want that stuff here. What did I, to me, yellow mustard, I'll, I'll take it if it's there, but I would prefer brown. Uh, but like when it comes to ketchup, like I know so many people who love ketchup. And I feel like ketchup's one of those things you like when you're like 12 because it's tomatoes and sugar. Yeah. Like I find ketchup just gross. Dude, those kids just love their tomatoes. I just, it's just um, so weird when I, like, I'm eating out with adults, and there's, like, I got fries. I have to put a pound of ketchup on my fries. It's like, but they have salt on them. Yeah, I think at some point I realized if I'm putting ketchup on the fries, it's because the fries don't taste good. And then I, I think about it, and it's like, you know, these fries are just, like, fat sticks. Yeah. And I'm adding sugar to them so that they're palatable. Like, maybe I can just eat anything else. Yeah, I, I, I don't order fries when I get fast food now, because it's just so bad for you it's like it's it's bad enough i'm eating fast food i I can at least mitigate some of the damage 
I went and got my uh, toenail removed, part of it. Yeah, you showed me that picture. And the the lady removing the toenail was, um, she was like, okay, and how's this feel? It's like, oh, it hurts a lot. And she's like, you know, that's good. Almost everybody I see is diabetic, and uh, it's, it's really good that you're not diabetic. And I took it as this weird implication that she saw the fat guy walk in. It's like, oh, great, one of these. <laughs> like, thanks, Doc. Uh. Uh. Well, it's been a short while. Do you want to do a glad space? Uh, sure. I don't, I don't really know if I have anything. I'll go first. Um, you guys know Michael Ian Black? Oh, yeah. From Stella and other works? Uh, Mateys, the Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. Yeah, Mates. So if you still follow the Mates podcast feed, uh, he announced a new podcast he's doing by himself. And uh, it's called Obscure. Which, oh, let me bring up the page here. Um, you, you read a lot of books, right, Chad? Yeah, sometimes. Have you ever read Jude the Obscure? No. Sounds obscure. So, well, it's weird. It's a classic. It's a literary classic. Oh, okay. Um, written by Thomas Hardy in 1895. I'm sorry, 94. Bleh. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Jude the Obscure. There's, um, you know, I actually, I don't want to read too much of this plot. It's a classic. And it's one of these things that they don't really teach it in school so much, but it'll come up on a list of books that you could teach. It's one of those. Okay. And Mike has this book on his wife's bookshelf because she was a literary major. Uh, it's been there for like over 20 years and neither of them have ever read it. And he's had conversations with her before where it's like, hey, can we just throw out this book? We never read it. He's like, we can't throw that out. That's a classic. And at some point, it just kind of dawned on him that, you know, this book is here. Why not just read it? Mm -hmm. And he decided to kind of take other people on this journey with him. So what he's doing is this new podcast called Obscure, where he reads a chapter of the book and offers his commentary, basically reading it for the first time and also reading it aloud to you. But also he he throws in these little like reflective things where he talks about his career and his life and things that he's seen, kind of just taking this conversational approach to reading a book by yourself. It sounds like an amazing podcast. It's very, I mean, obscure is the right title for it. It's a little weird. It's a little, it's, it's such a bad concept that it works. And for his sense of humor, like he, he, he opens this first episode basically explaining how the word obscure describes him because he's never like he's not a household name no but he's still an entertainer yeah he's and a his, celebrity he's just like a f-list celebrity yeah but he's got this sort of approach to things where what he finds funny not everyone does but at the same time some people do and they find it really funny mm -hmm. and there's this weird niche where in being obscure he hasn't lost himself to the demands of the mass public, but he's still in this unique spot to still entertain people and keep them happy, seeing things from his weird angle and sharing them. Sure. And it's, it's like, I really, I look forward to this week's Glad Space, because I feel like, I don't know, we have like, what, 10 subscribers? Yeah. I feel like all 10 of you would get a kick out of the show. Because this kind of... Uh, Michael Ian Black really inspires my sense of comedy in a lot of ways. 
Um, yeah, I can see that. I like to know dumb facts. I like to deliver jokes very plainly and dryly. I'm I'm very good at like deadpan delivery and just I'll say the dumbest thing you've ever heard, but in a serious way where everyone in the room's kind of staring at me, like waiting for the punchline. And to me, that is the punchline. My dad does that a lot at his work, and it's really funny because he'll tell people he like invented stuff, and he'll say it, and they'll be like, "No, you didn't." It's like, yeah, no, I'm not. You know, like I don't. I didn't mean it. I just said it because no one's talked for an hour, and I'm bored. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, stuff like that. Um. So yeah, anyone out there looking for a new podcast? I don't know how often he's gonna do these if it's weekly or not. But look up "Obscure" by Michael Ian Black. I hope he does it semi regularly because that was one of the problems with Mike and Tom eat snacks after a bit is they definitely like stopped updating and then there'd be like one like every three months and you're like yeah honestly i think that this? was a symptom of the two of them both having very odd schedules yeah um so hopefully since this is just on his terms he can maybe control that a little better yeah i think with mates too that like some of the running gags after a certain point where it's just like oh it's this joke again like it's not really funny you're just doing it because you have to on this podcast like after yeah, like there was fifty a little bit episodes of, of of stormtroopers hitting the ground, you're like, okay, I get it. Always love also, the respect for women, one though. That didn't get old. I think what was getting old was the weird um. What what was the the opening bit they would do? Oh, are they listeners or are they viewers? Yeah, that's right. The they would always refer to the listeners as viewers, and then the other person would say, "But they're not viewers; they're listeners," and they would have like a. They, they evolved over time, but it got to the point where they might make the same joke like three times in a, in a show, and it's like, okay, yeah, all right, okay. Yeah, it was, I respect, it's like, they're two comedians doing this completely off the cuff, no script or anything, and so I, I, I appreciate that they're trying to riff, but it, it, it did come to a point where it's like, man, some of these jokes could be dropped after a year of doing them. Except respect for women. Yeah, that, that one needs was great. to be a constant. <laughs> Especially there was that one where they went in this whole tirade about how they both hate women. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like it got really uncomfortable and like oddly vicious and strange for like a solid minute. But they finished it with but with respect for women. It's like, yeah, respect for women, that's first. And then they moved on as if that's not what they were just talking about. They were really good at that. That was like a year long payoff <laughs> for them. Yeah. Miss that podcast. That was a good podcast. <laughs> yeah, so if you miss Michael Ian Black's voice, I recommend Obscure. Um, I have a... God. You know what? This is a dumb thing, but like, what made me happy today, made me glad, is I went into my uh, my comic book store to pick up some uh, some comics. And uh, I'm, I'm there enough now where the staff pretty much know who I am, and it's also a record store. And so I get in. There's really nobody else there, and there's like the metalhead behind the scene, and he's kind of behind the counter, and he's kind of headbanging because he's got some like really weird music on, and it's like Brazilian uh, power metal, and so he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" And it's like, "Oh, you gotta tell me what's on the radio right now because I, you know, we need to talk about this." And then it's like every time I go in there, and he's there, like we have a conversation either about like comic books or about music, and it's it's really neat to have that like comic book feeling to that store where like you go in and they know who you are and they know what you like. And you can have a conversation while you buy something, and then you're out of there, and it's like, that made me feel good going in there. Even though I just dropped like $30 on shit I don't need. 
yeah, you know, honestly, that's really missing from my comic book stores. I, I've never had a good experience talking to anyone in these places. And, and I know it's out there, but yeah. it's just this isn't a great town. Well, and I almost—it's for me—it's almost always exclusively about music. Like I'm not usually sometimes I'm there for music. Usually they're all there for the comic books. But because they sell music, like I'll always go and I'll start kind of going by the metal albums and rifle through so I can find something I need or, or don't need, but you know, is maybe want. And everybody there likes music enough where they're willing to have conversations about it. And then this dude is like really into music and like not just metal, but like all kinds of stuff. And so he's got like that passion for it that, and it's fun to just be like, dude, what are you listening to right now? Let's talk about this. I want to write it down. So your glad space this week is human interaction. Human interaction that isn't shitty. And you can try that at home, listeners at home. Yeah, look in the mirror and just pretend you're someone else for a bit and be like, hey, how's it going? And then just start kissing the mirror. Mm. Deep kisses. Mm. Slather that mirror with your saliva. (sighs) Yeah. The bad mirror thing. Good night, everybody. Yeah, good night, me in the mirror. (laughs) Nailed it. Um, You could not fuck a mirror because it's too hard. Just like me. You shouldn't fuck tentacles either. I looked up at pictures of those. They got little hooks on them. Little suction cups. On the tentacles, like like squids and stuff, they got little hooks in those little suction cups so they can grab onto things. That's yeah, that's you, how they suck. You can't you can't shove that up your ass or your your vaginas. Yeah, you can. No, you're gonna tear something. It's gonna be nothing but blood. Yeah, ripping and tearing all night long. I feel like that's a guar song. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Um, I hope you enjoyed this on the car ride to church tonight. <laughs> Bye. Bye.